Are you trying to create a podcast but don't have the money for all the equipment it takes? Maybe not so great with all the editing? Not sure how to distribute your podcast once you have everything recorded? Well, look no further because Anchor is here to help. Anchor is the easiest way to make podcasts. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And best of all, it's free. We looked at so many different distribution websites before finding Anchor and wish we had found it sooner. They even set you up with sponsors they think will fit the vibe of your podcast, which you can accept or decline at any time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy podcasting! Just a disclaimer for everybody. This is a child-on-child murder. It is very graphic. There is no resolution as to why they did it. If that's not for you, go ahead and skip this episode. This week on Morbidly Intoxicated, we talk about the case of James Bolger. Hey, you want to grab a drink? Hi, Sierra. Hi, Lily. I missed you. I missed you, too. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope you had a Merry Christmas mm-hmm. with our uh, our Family Annihilator Christmas. It's a Family Annihilator Christmas. I hope none of you got Family Annihilated for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst gift ever. <laughs> we just wanted to welcome everybody back. I don't... Mm-hmm. Uh, n- well, nobody besides my close friends knew this but i was out in california so we took a little bit of a two-week hiatus mm-hmm. but now we're back back in action back in action so we're starting off 2021 with a very gruesome story is it the local news <laughs> <laughs> is it channel five is it channel five? probably uh, nope it's child on child murder so really yeah so oh my gosh i that's terrifying yeah it's bad you can't trust anyone man no not even 10 year old kids get your 10 year old looking at you sideways all right so i think we wanted to do a few shout outs yes i so i meant to say this like weeks ago but i started a podcast called court junkie and i freaking love it fantastic it goes through like all the trial proceedings along with the case not just like oh this is the victim and the murderer and they got sentenced or whatever it goes through like all the trial details which i love yeah so if you like that stuff too check that out it's court junkie and then today i started a new podcast called i survived i i'm obsessed i cannot wait to start that after we're done recording because i love the survive stories i don't know they're so good. I yeah. know Lifetime, quite a while ago, Lifetime had a series called I Survived, and then now A&E does it. Oh, okay. And so it's A&E's series, but it's in the podcast form. That's awesome. It's amazing. I love it's it so fantastic. much. I like the Survive stories, and I like the stories where the person gets caught. I hate, like, the not knowing. The whodunit. Yeah. yeah. Like, Priceless Pizza, I'm like, just... <laughs> 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 or, like... I don't know, um, Zodiac. I'm like, mm. yeah, that one's frustrating. Yeah, it's terrible. I hate, I hate not knowing. I hate it. I do believe this is our uh, 
our first UK case. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, hopefully our our UK listeners enjoy. This is a pretty uh, infamous case for them, at least. I remember watching a YouTube video called the top 10 worst children or something like that. Or most evil children back in like 2012. (laughs) And their names came up. So this is how I heard about the case. Ever since then, I've been like just interested in in this entire case. Exciting. Yeah. James Bulger, or as his parents called him, Jamie, was born March 16th, 1990 to Denise and Ralph Bulger. He was a happy only child who lived in Kirkby, Merseyside, England. Uh, Denise had a miscarriage before she had James, which is the reason she says she was so overprotective of James. He was by her side constantly. Just before his third birthday, they went to the Strand Shopping Center, not too far from a place uh, in England called Liverpool. He was with Denise, Denise's sister, and her child. They had to return something, so the children began to wander. He wandered away from his mother and began to cry, so she went, found him, picked him up, and said, you know what, you're coming with me, you're staying with me, you're not going to go wander off with your cousin. Mm -hmm. They had other shops to visit, which is when they went into the butcher shop. That was their kind of like last stop. James was playing by the front of the shop, so not outside of the shop, but just kind of by the entrance. Denise turned her back for just a second to pay for the meat that they had just purchased, and when she turned around, James was gone. Okay. And this is where... I don't know. I feel like mall security wasn't super attentive. This was like in a mall? It was in a mall. It was in a shopping center. Oh, okay. So they they contacted the mall security. They put out an alert for the, for a missing child. But they were kind of like, you nonchalant know. Nonchalant about it? Yeah, nonchalant. Because they said missing children happen in the mall all the time. They would walk. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whoa. Don't go to that shopping mall. What? No. They they put out the alert and they said, you know, oh, this happens all the time. I'm sure we'll find them in like an hour. So what year was this? Uh, it was 1993. And how old was he? He was just about to turn three. A three-year-old goes missing and no one cares? It's not that they didn't care. It's just they were like, oh, this, this happens often. He'll turn up. He's not going to wander back. He's three. He doesn't know where he is. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if it was like a 10-year-old. Right. So after an hour, they really started to panic because like I had said at that time, that's when mall security was like, oh, we generally find these kids within an hour. Well, an hour came. <laughs> I really hate this mall security. <laughs> it's a three-year-old. Dude, what? Well, and I don't understand. It's like a two-story mall. And they're just like, nah, he's fine. <laughs> this really gives me Adam Walsh vibes. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, kind of. An hour came and an hour went, and that's when the search really began. That's when they they got the complete, uh, blah, blah, blah. they called the police since security couldn't find James in the mall. Uh, the mall closed at 5.30, so when they couldn't locate James uh, after 5.30, they sent out a missing persons report locally. Uh-huh. Uh, instead of just in the mall, there's a missing child. They wasted a whole hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. At first, when James was missing, his parents were number one suspects for some reason in the middle of the mall. <laughs> right. When she was talking to the butcher? Yeah. Okay. Sure. That night, police obtained the CCTV footage from the mall. 
This gives me chills. Oh, no. I don't like it. I'm already getting chills. Camera footage scares me. They watched blurry footage of James being let out by two boys who they thought were in their mid-teens. Like, holding hands with him. I have full body chills. Nope. Don't like that. Leave, leading him out of the mall. Full body chills. We can't say I say it all the time. When I'm here. <laughs> but I do. My whole body. Yeah. I'm going to start saying I'm growing it's... hair. I'm growing hair. <laughs> yes. Ugh, I'm growing I just, inch of hair right now. <laughs> I I don't know. I just the picture is haunting. Have you ever seen can the I picture? See? Yeah. I, I say camera footage scares me and then I'm like, can I see? I, this case sounds familiar to me, but I don't remember the name. Here's the actual photo. That is so creepy. Yeah. So that one, one of, kid looks like twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's probably now like fifteen. I don't like that at all. No. So one of the boys is holding James' hand and the other boy is walking uh, about, what would you say, like three feet? Yeah, Yeah. three to five feet in front of him. His parents were slightly relieved when they saw that he was walking with other kids. They were like, oh, okay, it wasn't an adult. Nothing bad could be going wrong right now. I almost hate that more. I know. I don't like that at all. No. (laughs) Ralph Bolger looked to Denise and said, quote, he's going to be all right, Denise. He's with two young kids. He's going to be all right, end quote. But where are these kids? Where are their parents? Right. Why, why were they in kid school? Not in the mall? Like, why, were, why were they at school? Yeah. So on Sunday, February 14th, 1993, a body of a young boy was found <laughs> on the railroad tracks about 150 yards from the back of the police station. After watching the CCTV footage, police looked at schools surrounding the area for kids who were absent that day. There were many kids who were being looked into, even some kids whose parents reported them. The police tracked down the boys and brought them in for questioning based on an anonymous call they received. The person who called said that John Venables and Robert Thompson were absent that day and returned with blue paint on their jackets. Looking at the kids' homes, police also found blood on Thompson's shoes, as well as the blue paint on the jackets. No. So they they found the kids pretty quickly. On a railroad track. Yeah, on a railroad track. Oh. I'll get I'll get into their their um reasoning behind leaving him there. Oh Jesus Christ! Immediately, each boy started blaming each other, and after days of questioning, Venables confessed. Thompson confessed shortly after, but was unfazed. He was known as, quote, the boy who did not cry. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone says that Thompson was the ringleader. Uh-huh. He was the person in charge. He was, he was the mastermind behind this, and Venables was just going along for the ride. <laughs> but where they are now, I'm not so convinced that that's the truth. That's just my opinion from their record as of now. Okay. Okay, which I'll get into. I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. This is when the police found out the whole story. They tried to kidnap a brother and sister, but were confronted by their mother. So they tried to kidnap two kids before they, they took James. Oh my god. While they were walking around the mall looking for things to steal, they saw James unattended at the front of the butcher shop. They led James out of the store and upstairs towards the entrance of the mall. This is when they walked all the way down to the railroad tracks and assaulted James. They dropped him on his head, which is when one woman noticed him crying, but passed by doing nothing. And he okay. he was probably bleeding from his head at this point. Was she, like, on in a car? 
I'm not sure. It just said she was passing by. I would assume so. Okay, that would make a little more sense. Carrying on their way to the canal, they put James's hood up to try and cover up his head injury. More people had spotted a crying, bleeding James walking with these two boys and didn't do anything. So multiple people saw them. Multiple accounts said that James was calling for his mom. One witness even said that they saw the boys kick James in the ribs for resisting. Another witness saw James being punched and pulled his curtains closed so he didn't have to see what was happening. What the actual fuck? Pulled your curtains closed? I really don't know. All these people have, have seen him. And I was like, oh, what? what kind of bystander effect? It's Kitty Genevieve's all over again. Literally. It really is. Literally. Like, there was one witness who went up to the trio asking what was going on after seeing James' injuries. The two older boys replied saying, quote, we found him down the hill. Oh, that gave me chills because that phrase mm-hmm. just reminded me of High Ridge. She told them to take the younger boy down to the police station and went on her way. And went on her way. Mm-hmm. The last glimmer of survival came when another woman stopped them and said she would take James to the police station. The woman went to ask another woman to watch her child while she took care of James. She said no because her dog did not like children. Why don't you take your kid and this kid to the police? They walked into two shops where they were asked who James was. The boys replied that he was their brother and they were taking him home. After that, they finally made it down to the railroad at about 5.30 to 5.45 p.m., where they started to rethink their plan, but eventually took James down to a private location. So they were like, man, maybe we should just bring this kid back. Maybe we shouldn't do this. I feel like they would have gotten in less trouble. This is where they began to torture James. They threw blue paint in his left eye, kicked him, and pummeled him with bricks and stones. Then shoved batteries in his mouth and his anus. What the fuck? The final strike was a blow to the head with a 22-pound iron bar. He sustained 42 injuries, 10 of them being skull fractures. Oh my god. And this was a a child, a small child. A three-year-old? Yeah, not even. How old were the other kids? Ten. They were both ten? They were both ten. Holy shit. When police found him- What grade is that? Um, like, so fourth I, or fifth? So I was 14 when I was in ninth grade. Yeah. So four I was years. Like, well, I was younger than I went, so 14, yeah. Yeah, so nine, eight, seven, six, five. Yeah, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Holy shit. Fifth graders? Fifth graders. Jesus. When police found him, they thought he was run over by a train, <gasps> which is why the boys put him on the, on the train tracks, because yeah. that's what they wanted police to think. He was so beaten up that there was no way to tell what the fatal blow was until, obviously, they got the autopsy. The autopsy. The boys left James on the train tracks where he was run over by the train and cut in two. I'm gonna cry. You're gonna get me with this one. Both boys were charged with murder and were put into an institute because of their age until the age of 18, which is when they were released. Released? They were released. During the trial, Thompson remained cold and unremorseful. That's the guy who got the nickname of uh, the boy that doesn't cry. Mm -hmm. The Nables, however, broke out into tears throughout the trial. There was no motive for what the boys did to this day. So nobody, nobody knows. The boys gave no reasoning, nothing. 
They were the youngest people to be convicted of murder in Britain uh, in 250 years. Goddamn. They broke a record. Wow, good for them. At least you set a record, you sick fuck. Venables and Thompson were sentenced to a young offender's institution until the age of 18 when they were released under aliases. Mm, probably mm-hmm. a good idea. Yeah. Cindy Hindi? Cindy Hindi? That's what you should have been doing. <laughs> this is commonly done for younger people who have committed heinous crimes and the judicial system feels that they have been rehabilitated and will follow the law from there on out. They spent eight years. Probably more like six because trials can take a long time. Yeah, so they For didn't... brutally attacking and murdering a three-year-old boy. That's insane. They should have spent longer. So do you want to know where the two boys are now? Not really. Well, can I have an address? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, somebody did try and leak their, their address and their <gasps> alias. That's so illegal. I know. <laughs> you can't do that. I know. Well, somebody... Oh, no, it wasn't their address. It was their picture and their new name. Oh, shit. That's still so illegal. It is. Venables has had to change his name about two to three times. He had told some friends that he was a convicted murderer, which resulted in one name change. Mm -hmm. In 2018, 25 years after he helped murder James, James's father launched what they call high court proceedings and tried to reverse Venables' uh, anonymity. Nice. The father's lawyer argued uh, that Venables was only receiving the anonymity based on the fact that he was reformed and he would not commit another crime. He had since then been convicted of a few crimes. In 2008, he was arrested after a fight where he was given a warning for his possession of cocaine. Two years after that, he was arrested for possession of photographed child abuse. The photos included sexual acts on young male toddlers. What did he receive for this? I'm getting there. Okay. That sentence was only 40 months long. So just under four years. Okay. I'll I'll take that. Just possession of the... Okay. Yeah. That's fair. He was eligible. Ish. Ish. (laughs) I mean, it's not fair, but in the legal system, it's fair. Yeah. He was eligible for parole in 2013. That was another name change. Okay. When he got out on parole? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. He was arrested one last time in 2017 for more child abuse photos, including sexual acts, as well as a manual that gave instructions for how to have sex with children. Where do you get a manual for that? Dude, there's some nasty people on the internet. A manual? A manual. What does it- nope, I don't want to know what it consists of, but what? That's two counts of possession of child pornography. Mm Mm-hmm. That sentence was three years and four months. Was that because of the... Oh, God, I want to speak to the lawyers. I don't know. Because that... uh, I know. That was less than the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had more stuff. And that's the second count, and he had more material. I... What the hell? So I'm going to assume... It did not say this, but I'm going to assume that that was his last name change. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know how that... Well, I don't know how the UK works when it comes to aliases either. I don't know. I I know um, I know that the first one where he admitted to the crime, that was definitely resulting in a name change. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if that if both counts would show up because yeah. here we keep like a, a log of name changes, but at like a federal level. Mm-hmm. So you'll still be able to see like if he can admit a felony like 
the other ponies. Yeah. I, that's my understanding. That could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, because if you put him in the system with the new name, then you, they should be able to see his old name and be like, oh, look, another charge of child pornography. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Which would make it two counts. And he should have got a way higher sentence. <sighs> yeah. So I, I read a quote from an article by Benjamin Butterworth. I love that name. I know. Isn't what a it, good name. Isn't it fantastic? <laughs> Reminds me of Syrup, Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, this article was posted on inews.co.uk. It was a quote from James's father that read, quote, He is a dangerous, predatory child abuser and killer, and I am terrified he will strike again and harm another child like my James. End quote. And I agree with his dad, like, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't understand, like I said, even seeing this years ago, almost, like, seven or eight years ago now, I don't understand how two young kids could do this to another young kid. Yeah, that's insane. Like, just this entire thing gives me chills. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't. The sophistication, in a way, or, the, like, the maturity of thought for a 10-year-old to think to do that to someone else is horrifying right well okay it's oh it's it's horrifying when an adult does it but but it's, adults also have a higher level of thinking and we've seen all this stuff and we exactly know all these things but where does a 10 year old think it's well, i'm gonna beat up and murder a three-year-old boy where do you get that it's more common for an adult to do it which is sad and again it's horrible but it's more shocking when you see kids committing yeah. child crimes. Yeah, it, that's because where does where does a kid get the thought? Where does to he do get that? that? Yeah, actually, the detective behind this case. I have a quote from him about Thompson. Okay. So Thompson has not had to change identities uh, after being released. Since 2010, he has been in a long-term relationship with a man, and that man does know his true identity. How? <laughs> How could you date somebody like that? That's my thing. How but could you date looking like at that? it, Thompson, I, I can agree that he was not the ringleader of the group. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because... He got dragged into it. Kids are, are, kids are susceptible Right, and as far as as far as him not crying, as far as him being cold, kids don't know how to react. Oh, he was the one that didn't cry? He was the one that didn't cry. Thompson. Thompson was the one that did not cry. Wait, what? But yes. he said the other the other guy was the ringleader, right? No, no. He said Thompson, the one that did not cry, the one who was walking in front of James and Venables. Oh, they said he was the ringleader? They said he was the ringleader. Said he was the ringleader and that the kid holding James's hand was just an accomplice. He was, he participated in it, of course, but it was just. Oh, I totally mixed them up. Yeah. So the kid holding his hand, they're saying was the accomplice, is the one that has all these other charges against him. Yes. That's insane. See, and this is where I, I and kind of. And he's the one that was like crying during his trial. Mm hmm. Well. Thompson was the one who was not crying. But he has not committed any crimes that he's been charged with. But Sense. man, the the other the other guy, yeah. Besides, I mean James, but the other kid, he's a man now. The other man has child porn, a guide on how to have sex with children, uh, cocaine. That's he 
he blatantly went out and kind of almost like gloated to his friends. Yeah. I'm a convicted murderer. Interesting. Like that's the part that kind of stuck with me and I I don't understand, but the detective that did interview, uh, actually I don't know if he interviewed them, um, but was part of the case likes to say otherwise. So I don't, I don't personally know. I wasn't there, but he was. Okay, what did he say? Detective Phil Roberts was quoted in that same article I mentioned on the iNews. He was quoted saying, As far as I'm concerned, that day 20 years ago, I stared evil in the face. I think Thompson was in charge, but they both attacked James. They were a match made in hell, a freak of nature. They went out that day to kill. I truly believe that. And if they hadn't been caught, I fear they would have struck again. Pure evil. I will never change my mind about that. End quote. Interesting. Yeah. I have Mm -hmm. some mixed feelings about that. That one kind of freaked me out. Like, just reading his quotes, I was like, looking at the convictions after they had been released, I was like, I don't know. Kids don't process things correctly. Like, they don't have that. Yeah. Like, I remember when my great-grandma died, And I didn't cry because I didn't understand, like... What was going on. Yeah. I was like, oh, because I was young. I was, like, nine or ten. I was like, oh, that just means I won't see her. Right. Like, I didn't comprehend what was happening. So, Thompson was the one holding the kid's hand, right? No, Venables was the one holding the kid's hand. I still feel like... I don't know if you can tell from from the other convictions, but it still sounds like he was more the ringleader. And Thompson could have just been in shock. And not cried because he didn't know what the hell... Like, he's not processing, like you said, what just happened. He got roped into something that he had no clue what was going on. Right. You would think the ringleader would be holding the kid's hand that they just kidnapped. Yeah, and he's walking ahead of them like, I don't really want to be associated with this. I don't really know, like, what I just got myself into. That's how I read it. Um, You could also read it from the fact of he was the ringleader. He was standing in front and said, hey, John, go hold that kid's hand. Right. John being Venables. Yeah. But then if you look at it later, Venables but, has all this exactly. child porn and bragging and cocaine and all this sort of stuff that yeah. seems more like it was his idea. That's what I'm saying. And I don't know. the Or, I mean, it could be unconnected in a way. Or like maybe that stemmed from the original attack. There's a lot there to read with psychology because they're kids. That's the picture of both of them. No. Yeah. They, ugh. And I, I Look hate- Look at the navels. No. That man is possessed. Yeah. I don't like the way he looks. He scares me. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's just, I, I hate, and I hate looking at this picture and I hated, um, I listened to audio- from when they were interviewed. Oh, God. And they were crying. And I was like, oh, my God, these poor little kids. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? They just murdered somebody. Why am I? Because they're little kids. So it's so, like, this case gets me every time. Because you listen to them crying in this police room and you want to feel bad for them. And, and you go, no, but they're murderers. Like, yeah. And then looking at their, their pictures, the one looks a little freaky, but the other one's got, like, these little chubby cheeks. And that's cheeks. the Yeah, Thompson has, like, he has a very remorseful look on his face. I know. He's very concerned and confused about what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's the one that doesn't look like, 
anything is affecting him. No. Oh, that's eerie. Like, to see, like, to look at these photos and think those kids just brutally attacked somebody. Look at the height on those photos. Tallasy. They're, like, under four foot. They're not tall. I hate it. They're ten. That's insane. Yes. And you, if you listen, if you go on YouTube, you can find the audio for their interviews. It's just, it's heartbreaking for what they did. And it's heartbreaking that they're, that they're kids that did this. But they're still pieces of shit murderers. So. <laughs> That's what I can, I think I could understand Thompson's boyfriend or whatever significant other i think i can understand that he doesn't seem like he was as involved or that he tried really maybe he was and maybe even if he was the ringleader he still came out of it and was like i did a messed up thing i actually Mm -hmm. was rehabilitated in those years i spent in an institution and i'm trying to move on from that and Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of cases like that where it's like when i was younger i did a really fucked up thing yeah and i don't know why i did that but i'm i'm trying not to let that form who I am. And I feel like we all have, like, something in our past where we're like, man, I should not have done that. Yeah. But, I mean, nothing as crazy as, like, murder. Right. I mean, I'm just kidding. I don't even know how to process that. Yeah. The other guy concerns me more. Oh, yeah. He was up for parole in 2019. Oh. Did he get... I don't know. I couldn't find anything else. Because I'm wondering if they had to change his name again. So I wonder if they just couldn't. How many times you gotta it? change someone's name before you just keep them in prison? Yeah, unless they're in like Witsec, that's different. Like if a victim keeps getting found and you have to change their name, yes. that's different. If you keep having to change someone's name because they're a criminal, just keep them locked up. I hate to ask this, but were there any signs of sexual assault? Besides the batteries, no. Okay. Where did they get all these batteries? There were it was like Why a ton. They have these? Yeah, it was like a ton of batteries. Yeah, that's strange and yeah. intriguing on whose idea that was. I'm honestly surprised they even thought to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, where did they learn that from? That's what I'm wondering. Where did this stem from? Maybe they saw it on TV or something. It looks like John Venables parent susan and neil they still loved him it looked like they were loving from what i'm reading on um the sun.co.uk his mom said quote he did like to be liked and loved to have friends and he has got involved with the wrong person what he's done is so wrong he needs to be punished what upsets me is i've no way of bringing him up for the rest of his young years so he's going to lose all of his childhood Robert Thompson's parents, his dad is not in the picture, but his mom during the trial had said, quote, yes, he did tell some lies, but also told the truth about one thing from beginning to end. He did not kill that baby, or I honestly do believe him. They always blame the parents. It's a difficult situation when you are getting no support as a family. You're alone and you face the world alone, the same as I'm doing now, end quote. I would not blame the parents for something like that. No. Well, you raise your child to be a killer? No. No. There's very small circumstances where I would 
where you would Blame say the parenting. Yeah. Well, that was rough. Yeah, that was a rough one, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? I think we covered it. I'll have to find that YouTube video, but there's more like evil children out there mm-hmm. that I want to cover, even though I hate doing it because it's kids. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of that one. You can email us at morbidlyintoxicatedpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at morbidlyintoxicatedpod. You can find us on Facebook at morbidlyintoxicated. Find us on our new Twitter account at morbidlyintox because intoxicated (laughs) did not fit. (laughs) Morbidlyintox. Yeah, morbidly I-N-T-O-X. That's all it would let me put, okay? Thank you so much to Taylor Hertz for our amazing theme song and outro uh if you didn't catch it there were cute little jingle bells in our christmas episode and they were fantastic we're gonna use that every year for the month of december so get into it and the clinks yes oh let us know if you like the clinks or not in between like little breaks in topics i I don't know (laughs) yeah in between like stories so like when we did the three-part uh it's a it's a family annihilator christmas we put clinks in between each like story, story and point yeah. to kind of break it up i liked it i liked it my mom did not like it okay amy <laughs> she said she's too add for that <laughs> she's like what the hell is that noise yeah pretty much <laughs> um sorry <Amy>. but <laughs> you can find taylor at his website taylor hertz that's t-a-y-l-o-r-h-e-r-t-z dot com Thank you to Kelly Carroll for our awesome artwork. You can find her on Instagram at Art by Kelly. That's Kelly with an I. Thank you so much to Javi Romero for doing our fantastic photo shoot. Again, another uh, New Year's project coming up here soon. You can find his Instagram at Orange Javi. And that's our show for this week. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.